welcome to Patriots Nation UK, brought to you by me, your host, Matt Inkstar. Hey guys, how's it going? And welcome to Double Digit Figures. It's episode 10 of Patriots Nation UK. I am your host, at Matt Inkster on Twitter, and I write at PatriotsNationUK.com. Um, this is just a quick intro. Um, I'm on my own. I'm out walking dogs currently, so I'm a bit... Um, I've been a bit busy this week, really, so I thought I would do some double duties, double down on tasks, and walk the dogs, and do a quick intro for you guys as well. Um, you might hear a bit of wind in the background, so I do apologise about that. But yeah, so, um, not really much to get into just just now, apart from just say that we have a, a great guest on this week's um, pod. You might get a second special edition pod later, out, later on this week, um, and possibly something else I have in the pipeline as well. All for you guys to listen at Patriots Nation UK. So, without further ado... I will hand over to this week's guest. And so joining on this week's podcast for myself and Nick is someone both of us are big fans of. Um, He's a sports writer writer and editor for Full Press Coverage. He writes for the Smithfield Times, a co-host of Commonwealth of Champions podcast and favourite podcast of myself. Um, He hosts Locked on Patriots part of the Lockdown Network, your daily news podcast, Monday through Friday. It's Mike DeBate. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing well, gentlemen. Thank you so much for having me on today. Uh, not a problem. How are you, Nick? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Excellent. Um, so, Mike, how did you get into sports writing for a living? Is it something you always wanted to do? Did you go to study at university, or was it something that just came naturally out of the blue sort of thing, you know, through friends or whatever? Yeah, I mean, it really kind of came together organically. I mean, I worked in the private sector for a number of years. I worked in politics. I graduated from Providence College in the Northeast here and actually uh, graduated with a political science degree and thought I wanted to go into either law or politics. Neither one ended up coming to fruition. And when I started thinking about what I really wanted to do, I always had a passion for writing and a big passion for sports. And it kind of came together in a manner that I didn't see coming, but I definitely didn't fight it. Um, I answered an ad to submit articles for a company called Cover32.com, and I was actually, I was picked up, had a couple of my pieces nationally picked up by Yahoo Sports, and I was offered a position with Cover32 when I first started. I was actually covering, I was the managing editor of the Los Angeles Chargers page, and I covered them for about a season and a little bit longer than that, but I always submitted articles for the New England Patriots, my hometown team, and uh, when full press coverage kind of got off the, uh, the board, it gave me the opportunity to work in that realm. And uh, at that point, the managing editor's position for the New England Patriots page was up and running. And that was my true love. And uh, uh, since then, I've been the managing editor of the uh, the FPC page, um, as well as submitting written and podcast content for them. So it um, it was something that really kind of came together a little bit later than most, but uh, I'm enjoying it and I definitely love what I do and I'm blessed to do it. It sounds, um, from what I've heard from other people in the industry, it's um, not an unfamiliar story really because quite a lot of people either seem to come from a finance background or such like, you know, they're into their, their spreadsheets and their stats and um, all that good stuff and then they you know they pick up writing they're told they're not very good at English at school maybe and then it's an <laughs> F you back at them because they're now you know they're full-time writers for something that they're passionate about and what they love right no it's true and it really it really is it is a relative a lot more of a common tale than I ever thought when I first got into the business so like I said I'm definitely I'm enjoying it um, and and hoping you know to continue doing that for a number of years and um, you know being able to cover the team that you grew up idolizing is really something that's special uh, and uh, not many people get a chance to do that so I count my blessings every day that I do have a chance to at least do that yeah, for sure. It's um, something that m- me and uh, Nick are certainly jealous of. I, I can assure you that one. And um, you've kind of covered what I was going to ask you. Is obviously, you are a Patriots fan and you're, 
you're from the area, was it something that, you know, I, I guess it came naturally to yourself that, you know, it wasn't beaten with a stick, that you wanted to be a Giants fan or whatever, and then your dad was like, no, no, you will be a Patriots fan. <laughs> no, actually, I'm a lifelong Patriots fan. I mean, growing up in uh, in the area, I was born in the early 80s, so it um, it wasn't always easy to be a Patriots fan. A lot of people look at it and say, oh, well, you know, you guys have known nothing but winning. But I remember the days where, you know, the team went 1-15, and, and, you know, they did make a trip to the Super Bowl in the mid-80s, got absolutely destroyed by the Chicago Bears. So I go back a while with the team and seeing what they've become coming from where they have, uh, starting with Robert Kraft taking ownership of the team and Bill Parcells coming in and being the head coach, drafting Drew Bledsoe, that really kind of kick-started the franchise. And then, of course, the additions of Tom Brady, Bill Belichick um, really set the team on the course that you see now. So to have the opportunity to be a fan of the team, I am a lifelong fan of the Patriots, and also to see where they've come and be able to cover some of it now in terms of two Super Bowl championships now in the last three years, it really is remarkable. Uh, and uh, again, it's it's a lot of fun. <laughs> but uh, at the same time, it's also been a great journey to see them uh, kind of ascend. But uh, up here in New England, you you really you, it, sports fans are very loyal to their region for the most part. And uh, that's one of those things that, you know, you just you either ride or die with your local team. And that's kind of how it's been with me, with the Patriots all my life. Yeah, I think it's something that um, we're sort of removed from in this country, unfortunately, with regards American football, at least. And um, sometimes even our, our own soccer, really, that, you know, People seem to follow who, who's popular or whatever it might be, but there there seems to be a trend now that um, players are becoming a thing, you know, through fantasy and Scott mm-hmm. Hansen doing red zone that people are picking. Oh, I like that quarterback, I like that linebacker, whatever it might be, and they're fading away from their hometown team. So it's great to to hear a story from a person that's born and bred Patriots. That's for sure. Yeah. And um, I was just wondering, how did the lockdown gig come to fruition? Was that something else that was uh, organically, you know, transitioned into? Well, that was a position that became open. I did interview and uh, um, I was very fortunate uh, to be selected by the lockdown team uh, to head the Locked On Patriots podcast. Uh, I took the gig over from Mark Schofield, who is one of the most respected writers uh, up here in Patriots lore and really all over the NFL. Mark is a guru when it comes to NFL quarterbacks. He just has the ability to break down plays and X's and O's, I think, better than anybody that's ever done it. So to actually be able to take the reins from him, it really is a blessing. Um, and, and Mark has been great. He's been extremely supportive uh, in me taking the reins uh, with the uh, the new show. Um, I've been very, very fortunate to surround myself with some great journalists and some great writers and some great media personalities here in the region. So uh, it's uh, a little over my, uh, I'm in my now third full week on the job <laughs> and uh, it's a daily podcast and submitting that every day is really a labor of love. You want to make sure that you do the best job you can to cover the team that you are tasked with covering and uh, the lockdown team across the board not just myself but all over lockdown nfl and even lockdown nba and major league baseball uh the hosts do an amazing job and running a daily podcast as you know podcasting is um I don't think it gets enough credit for the work that has to go into it each and every day. And to do it on a daily basis is definitely something that's a challenge, but it's a good challenge because it gives me the opportunity to not only speak about the team, um, cover content, uh, but also be able to reach a broader audience. So uh, I could not be happier with Locked On. They're a great organization, great team to work with. And uh, I, I look forward to hopefully having, uh, you know, this podcast under my belt for a number of, uh, uh, you know, months and years ahead uh, to continue to be able to do it. But it's been a blast so far. Well, fingers crossed that does continue for you. And I can only imagine how much work goes into it because I know how much we put into a weekly podcast and, you know, the days get away from you but for us who don't do it. Um, full time then we've you know and even for yourself really you've still got family and everything to entertain and do have a life out with your your job as as such so yeah no hats off to you for doing that um thank you daily that's for sure and for anyone who's looking to get into writing or podcasting or vlogging whatever it might be what, what advice would you give to 
to anyone listening? My advice would be to find something that you're passionate about, no matter whether it be sports or music or entertainment or news or politics. If you have a passion for something that you really, really love, uh, don't be afraid to search it out. Don't be afraid to seek out opportunities. Social media can be a great way to do that. I know a lot of people uh, have you know, some negative things to say about the social media aspect. And look, it is out there. There's no question about it. It can be a blessing and a curse at the same time. But if you do find something that you're really passionate about, that you really enjoy seek it out try to join uh social media groups see what's available out there and inquire and the worst that can happen is that someone tells you well no there's nothing that we have open right now or they you know we can't accommodate you but most of the time people will even if they don't have an availability will allow you to be put into a position where you might be able to make the right contact. So if you have enough passion about it, uh, don't second guess it. Just go for it, because chances are there are a lot of people out there with a lot of similar and like minded thought process. And who knows where it can lead? Mm, I think so. That's uh, sound advice uh, for sure. What do you think, Nick? Yeah, I, I think I think Mike covered it. Just something you're you're passionate about is is absolutely critical. It's a lot of time to put into it. So, yeah, I, I think that's the, the the key point there. Mm. <clears throat> um, Mike, I just wanted to sort of transition through to the the Patriots of the season now. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you sort of think of the the preseason acquisitions through the draft and free agency, um, and how have the rookies in particular performed? Um, have they performed as you expected or, or surpassed those? Well, there are definitely, in terms of the draft, and I always start with the draft, because even though free agency opens before the draft, I always start with the draft as the, the launch point uh, for the season. And the reason being is that it really comes together, and I think a lot of people see the team that you want to put out onto the field then. Drafting Nikhil Harry in the first round was certainly a, a big move for the New England Patriots. They're not used to drafting wide receivers in the first round, and they're definitely not used to drafting wide receivers with his size and physical capability. So bringing in Harry has been a, a huge um, uh, step in the right direction for New England. He's had some injury issues, so they are bringing him along slow, but having the opportunity to have seen him firsthand in training camp, Harry is the real deal. He can go up, he can you know, catch contested passes, uh, something that the Patriots have not had a whole lot of in the last few years at the wide receiver position. So I love what he's been able to do. Um, also, they've drafted, I think, very smart in a lot of their other uh, subsequent draft positions. Picking up Damian Harris in the third round really opened up a lot of eyes here simply because you have Sony Michelle as a running back. Uh, you had Rex Burkhead in camp. A lot of people felt that maybe it was a little redundant, but Harris has fit right in, and especially with um, the health concerns of not only Harris, excuse me, not only Michelle, but also Burkhead, having Harris in that fold is something that's going to work out very well for them. But they've drafted very smart, uh, picking up Jawan Williams as a cornerback, and and he's been great in camp. as far as undrafted wide receivers, Jacoby Myers has done a tremendous job for this team coming in without a draft position, and he looks poised to make the roster at this point. I would be very surprised if he didn't make the roster, considering the training camp and the contributions he's made in the preseason. So I love the draft, and I love what they've been able to do. From a free agent standpoint, it's been up and down for the Patriots. We've seen them bring in guys like Mike Pennell and Maurice Harris, who came in with a little bit of pedigree, and a lot of people expected them to be locks for this roster. Within the last couple of days, we've seen both of those guys released. And because of the fact that they have guys, younger guys on this roster that are really pushing them to the brink, Byron Cowart was a guy that they drafted in, I believe, the fourth round this year. And he is really making waves to make this team as a defensive tackle. And because of that, Pennell became expendable. So I really like the way uh, they've they've drafted and they've brought in guys. Demarius Thomas uh, is definitely a wide receiver that a lot of people are familiar with with he's got size strength speed uh coming off of a an achilles injury which is something to be monitored but word has it he's been very close with uh with tom brady and has been working you know very hard with him to try to get on the same page uh thomas has been out there in practice the last couple of days so um again i think another good uh 
free agent acquisition. And of course, the wild card in all this was the return of Josh Gordon, who had to miss last year due to a violation of the league's substance abuse policy. With Gordon back in the fold, that changes things completely for that wide receivers group. All of a sudden, they become much more athletic and much more formidable. So going to be interesting to see what the Patriots do this year. And I haven't even touched on the defense yet, other than to say uh, <laughs> Juwan Williams. Uh Jamie Collins coming back to this team has made a huge difference in the linebacking core. All of a sudden, they're quicker and more athletic. The secondary is deep, and the defensive line has been excellent, too. So uh, could be an interesting year in New England. I don't want to talk them up too much. They have to still play the games on the field. But uh, this is shaping up to be one of the better Patriots defenses that I've seen in quite some time. Yes, and certainly during the, the Panthers game last Thursday, they they were – extremely formidable from from what we saw i know the third and fourth quarters it's, it's kind of hard to tell when you you don't know have an in-depth knowledge of the panthers backups and and their twos and their threes um how, how did you think the the panthers game went for the patriots uh, was there anything in particular you you took from that or just any thoughts in general uh, well, the thoughts, I, I really was impressed with the defense and the way that they played. They really looked like they got after the quarterback, caused some difficulties for Cam Newton. And then also, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, when backups took over, I think that it was very uh, telltale that they were able to hold these guys in check and really show some speed and some versatility on the defensive side of the ball. Offensively. A couple of things that stood out to me, obviously, Jarrett Stidham is having a great preseason. He is a fifth round draft choice um, at quarterback and is really pushing Brian Hoyer to the limit of whether or not he may even make the team this year. Um, Hoyer has been uh, a stalwart the last couple of years since Jimmy Garoppolo was traded to the San Francisco 49ers. Hoyer has been Brady's primary backup, and all of a sudden this year, it's definitely possible and feasible that they may choose to carry only two quarterbacks, and if that's the case, then Hoyer may be on the outside looking in. But uh, there were a lot of things that uh, that stood out to me for this team, especially last Thursday. People call this one the dress rehearsal. I never liked that term, but I think it's it's appropriate at least to show that this is the type of team that players – that the Patriots, excuse me, and the type of players that they want to put out on the field. So defensively, definitely impressive without any question. And offensively, they still have a little bit of work and a little bit of synergy to work out. But this could be a fun offense to watch as well, uh, especially with the running backs and the versatility they have at wide receiver this year. Yeah, I I thought Sonny Michelle showed a a little bit more burst than he had last season. Last year, he obviously showed the the power that's required to play in the NFL. I thought he had a bit more spring in his step, an extra bit of cut. Um, so I was really impressed with him. Um, I wanted to quickly touch on Jacoby Myers. He's obviously the first two preseason games. He looked really good. He was kind of given a bit more opportunity with Brady uh, in the first quarter of, of the game, just uh, the Panthers game. Um, he sort of struggled a little bit, maybe not finishing roots as Brady maybe expects him. Is that something you think? will continue to develop because there has been some instances in the past where Brady may be pretty in his doghouse after a few of those. <laughs> well, I think at this point, because of Jacoby's draft status and the fact that he wasn't drafted, I should say, and because of the fact that he has really, I think, exceeded expectations, there's some learning curve that has to be expected. And look, you can... You know, you can star in training camp and in preseason games all you want to. All of a sudden, when the chips are down and you're catching passes from the man himself, from Tom Brady, it's a little different and there's going to be some growing pain. So I think that's a little bit of what you saw on Thursday. If this continues and it continues into the regular season and you see key crucial drops and it doesn't look like Myers is someone that they can rely on, then I would say it's it's worth watching. And with the Patriots, it usually comes together pretty quickly. Um, Brady has been known, like you said, to have guys that are put in the doghouse if they can't necessarily cut the mustard, so to speak. That's a you know term we use over here in the States. So I think at this point, it's definitely worth keeping an eye on uh, with Myers, especially in the first couple of regular season games. I wouldn't put too much stock into what we even see this Thursday against the uh, New York Giants. I think Myers has done enough to earn a roster spot on this team. 
But if he continues these struggles, then it could be something that you might want to watch. But I don't anticipate that. I really like what I see from Jacoby Myers. He's a guy that takes direction well, and he's a guy that takes criticism well. That's something that bodes well in New England because it's always important for you to be able to be coached. And Bill Belichick likes guys that are coachable. And I do believe that he'll be he'll be more than fine when it comes to his status on the 2019 season. Yes, so with the Giants game, uh, the final preseason game coming up, uh, is there anything that you're looking forward to seeing in there? Do you think there's anyone that still has a, a case for a roster spot that maybe is kind of on the outside looking in just now? Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how the quarterback uh, snaps are, uh, are divvied up. If Hoyer does not receive a snap, that could mean one or two things. One, it could mean that they absolutely know what they have in Brian Hoyer, and they really just want to see what Stidham can handle and how much he can handle. If he's held out of the game, it could mean that they're looking to possibly package him in a deal that could bring back a draft pick. So I'm going to be looking very closely to see if these guys are uh, are getting uh, the snaps and how they're divvied up. From a skill position standpoint, I think tight end is going to be a very, very interesting position right now. Uh, this is a position that was never really a quote-unquote weakness for the Patriots for the last nine years, employing Rob Gronkowski. Gronk's not there this year, so they're going to need to get production from someone else on that roster. Matt Lacoste has been the leader in the clubhouse so far, but he's been nursing some injuries, so will he get some of the snaps? Uh, Ryan Izzo is a guy that right now I think could theoretically make a really big roster punch uh, to try to make this team. They brought in a couple of free agents, Lance Kendricks, who unfortunately is going to be suspended for the first game of the season uh, for a substance abuse violation. Uh, He had a pretty bad holding call uh, in the game against Tennessee, which uh, resulted in a safety. So I don't know if that put him in the Belichick doghouse, quote unquote, but it'll be interesting to see if he doesn't get a lot of reps in this game. Uh, that could be telltale that uh, they may want to move on from him. And Eric Sauber from um, the uh, the excuse me, the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, He's a guy that they brought in as a free agent as well. So I'm going to be looking for those guys. I think the defense is pretty well set. I'm not really looking for a whole lot of guys right now that are going to look to make roster pushes. Mike Pennell would have been one of those guys that I was looking at. However, they released him this morning. So it's quite obvious that their defensive tackle situation is pretty set with Danny Shelton and Byron Coward. Yeah, and going back... Back to touch on the quarterbacks there. Um, should Hoyer not make the final roster, um, which is looking probably more and more likely, perhaps? Um, mm-hmm. One team that may be interested in him are the Indianapolis Colts. Obviously, they have just lost Andrew Luck through retirement. Um, right. What are your thoughts on that? Obviously, it came as quite a shocker to just about everybody, I think. Yeah, it definitely did. And before I get to the uh, the shock of uh, of that, that's a great question. And I actually covered that on Locked On today in my uh, in my podcast uh, for, uh, for Locked On. And I mentioned the fact that Hoyer could be a possibility for Indianapolis. First of all, there are a couple of reasons for that. One, he's used to going into situations where he can write the ship, keep it you know, basically straight and narrow until a quarterback can come in and come into his own. And I think Jacoby Brissett, we might see that. Brissett is a very capable backup, but there's a big difference between being the guy and knowing that you're going to be the guy all season. So if you bring in a capable backup that can help to push you and be able to scout other teams as well, because don't forget, Brian Hoyer is very, very good at being a scout team quarterback. He can mimic what a lot of other quarterbacks in the league do well, namely Tom Brady. I don't think there's anybody in the league he knows better than Brady so at this point he could be a fit there the other is it's a hand-in-glove fit in terms of the system short passes short yardage is something that Hoyer is very adept at running so if he can do that in Indy's system that could be a pretty good fit until Jacoby Brissett is ready or if he he sputters uh, he could come in and take the reins for a little while until they figure out what they're going to do as for luck it's such a um it's it's a disappointing situation, uh, you know, and I, and I don't say that as a knock to luck. I, you know, there's 
not a whole lot of love lost between the uh, Patriots and Colts fan bases, but Andrew Luck was one of those guys that I always enjoyed watching. He always gave 110% every time he hit the field. And when you look at the laundry list of injuries that he's had to endure his entire career between uh, the, the, the labrum tear on his shoulder, obviously, is the most you know, prominent one. That's the one that everybody knows, but he's dealt with a lacerated kidney. He had a torn abdomen at one point. He suffered concussions, um, shoulder, leg, knee, calf injuries, you name it. He's had to endure it. And he's only 29 years of age. His body went through an awful lot. So when you look at that, it is completely understandable that he would want to walk away from the game. The game will miss him, but the game's going to go on as well. So you know, you have to applaud Luck for having the courage to be able to walk away from a game that you could see it in the po- in the uh, the post game press conference on Saturday. It's a game he still would love to play, but I don't think his body just can bring him to do it any longer. So, uh, yeah, it was it was definitely shocking. I mean, there's no question about it. I had to look at the uh, had to look at my Twitter feed about four or five times just to make sure it was the real Adam Schefter that was tweeting this out. How many times have we fallen victim to, you know, hoaxes and some of these can be pretty elaborate now. I mean, they really do an amazing job of mimicking these accounts, but uh, this was the real deal and uh, it was made official. They put him on the uh, uh, the retirement list today as they did in Indianapolis. So uh, Patriots fans definitely keep a sharp eye when it comes to um, Brian Hoyer, but there hasn't been any type of run yet so these are all still rumors and all just still kind of festering out there but uh, we'll see what happens um <clears throat> excuse me mike um i just wonder before we move on to some more patriots news and um roster spots and such like i just wondered do you subscribe to the thought with andrew luck that you know the front office and the coaching staff let him down in terms of the front line and you know, he might have not been as beaten up if they'd protected him a bit more. And also, what I've some crazy rumor that seems to be going round on social media as well is the whole um, his salary. They're not going to do what they did with the Lions did with Megatron and you know demand all this this money back. But the sort of rumor consensus is is because they want to keep him sweet just in case he does come off the retirement you know, like Josh McCowan did last week and well, it's okay, you you know, you've paid we've paid your money, come back and all the all being well sort of thing. Well, anytime someone calls it quits at the age of 29 and that young, you always have to leave the possibility open that things can change and they may want to come back. You guys know as well as I do, being Patriots fans and being attached to this team Rob Gronkowski returned rumors are almost daily, and they really they started festering uh, Saturday night after Andrew Luck announced his retirement. And everybody's like, oh, well, that's OK. He's going to come back and Gronk's going to come back. and They're both going to play this year. Well, nobody knows that for sure, but you have to leave the door open. And it is smart for Indy to do what they're doing with Andrew Luck. If that is indeed what ends up happening and they don't demand any type of salary back, it keeps the player happy. And it's also a sign of reverence to what he's done for that organization. As for whether or not they could have done a better job protecting him early on in Luck's career, I definitely see the the, uh, the argument there. And, And I subscribe to it to a certain point. Obviously, you know, the team did invest a little more draft capital and a little more free agent capital in offensive linemen than is originally thought. Everybody's thinking, oh, well, they never drafted a lineman. They never did anything. They did bring guys in in later rounds. But They didn't bring in the type of players that need to protect a young quarterback that's still learning the game. Luck came in with a lot of pedigree. He was very smart, a Stanford graduate, uh, had a lot of, uh, you know, physical capabilities that just made him the ideal guy to build a franchise around. Let's not forget that Indianapolis traded away, or I shouldn't say traded, but they released Peyton Manning for the sole reason that they wanted to draft Andrew Luck. I mean, that's how good this guy was coming out. You don't just let go of a guy like Manning to bring in somebody that is a transition quarterback. You want that next guy that's going to be able to lead your franchise. And Luck had all the intangibles to do that. Because of the porous offensive line that they had, and really it was under the Ryan Grigson years uh, that they didn't really, I think, build the type of team around him that they needed to, uh, Luck's career definitely suffered from it. And you'd have to be, I think, um, remiss if you didn't say that and didn't 
put some of the blame on that. But ultimately, it was just it was a perfect storm of luck not being able to stay healthy and some of the difficulties that he had. Um, and unfortunately, it just didn't work out. It was a bad you know circumstance all the way around. And by the time Chris Ballard and now Frank Reich as head coach came in, I think it was a little bit too late. Luck's body had already essentially, uh, you know, it had already written more checks than he was able to cash. And at that point, I think you you needed to see the handwriting on the wall and just realize that Andrew Luck was breaking down and he wasn't going to be able to be the quarterback everybody thought he would be. Yeah, I think so. As you were saying earlier about the the Patriots-Colts rivalry, rivalry, I think it's something that doesn't really, again, it's something over here, thousands of miles away, it doesn't really transition the same and, you know, to watch Andrew Luck was, um, I guess, something special on occasion, really. And just for being, you know, he was known around the league for being a stand-up guy. And I was lucky mm-hmm. enough to see him at the Wembley game against the Jags a few years ago. So, yeah. um, thankfully, he's one that I can tick off the list that, you know, I've seen before this unfortunate news happens. And just moving back on the Patriots again, is. Is Patrick Chung something that's, you know, going to cause an issue this year, whether it's, you know, going to cause a clubhouse issue or do you think, as usual, they should, you know, Belichick et al. will deal with it quite smoothly as they normally tend to do? Well, the news on Chung right now is that he actually pleaded uh, not guilty to the uh, the charges this morning and waived arraignment. So right now it's kind of in a holding pattern. The league is usually hesitant to punish anyone unless there's you know any type of evidence to the contrary that would lead them to believe that this is going to be a serious issue in legal terms. Now, we've seen the league do all kinds of things. I don't want to bring up Deflategate because it really absolutely <laughs> makes me sick to my stomach to, th- to think about it, but we've seen them do things that really don't necessarily adhere to that rule. So there's always a chance. When it comes to the team, that's an interesting note to keep your eye on we know that bill belichick is a very big fan of patrick chung he likes his game loves what he brings to the table and the fact that he brought him back after a couple of years in philadelphia and has sung his praises every chance he gets leads you to believe that this is not a guy that belichick is just going to be willing to sit on the end of the bench or cut loose and say that's it we wash our hands of him I would look for Chung's situation to probably be this. I think he's going to end up playing until there's some sort of either resolution to the legal statute, the legal problems that he's uh, uh, potentially facing, or it'll be a situation where the league steps in and says that there probably would be something where he might be put on the commissioner's exempt list, or there's a lot of different possibilities that could come as a result of Patrick Chung's legal issues. But I don't think you're going to see anything drastic happen until we get more clarity on exactly what this all means for him legally. Uh, because right now it looks like he's, he's fighting it. It looks like he's going to, uh, to plead not guilty for it on the field. There's definitely a lot of intangibles that, Chung brings to the table that are really difficult to replicate. However, the Patriots are very deep at safety. They have guys that can step in and play. Devin McCourty is the heart and soul of that defensive backfield. He's the guy that directs everyone in terms of where they're going. So as long as they have him back there, they have a capable ability to be able to move forward at safety. Deron Harmon was a team captain last year, so he's got a lot of leadership left in him as well and still can play the game at a fairly high level. And then you've got guys like Obi Melanfonwu and you know a, a few of the, uh, the safeties. Terrence Brooks has been taking a lot of snaps with the first team offense. So in the event that there was a situation where Patrick Chung was going to be held out of action for any period of time, that's one position they might be able to take a hit at and still continue to keep moving forward because of the depth they've built up on the secondary yeah I think so I think you're right enough and it's it's obviously from my take on it being that they obviously know about it or I would like to think that they know about it so for it to to break at this stage you know I think they were prepared for it and they're quite happy to go along with what they've been planning going into the season until otherwise told so um, I would imagine Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense, too, because we saw Terrence Brooks continuing to take more snaps and get more time on the field, especially in training camp. And then when the two preseason games or the three preseason games, I should say, Terrence Brooks was out there a lot more. Chung was wearing the red non-con 
on contact jersey. And a lot of that was because of the, the surgery that he had on his arm. We all know that he suffered the injury in Super Bowl 53. But it makes a lot of sense now that they were bringing along other guys to try to step into that role. So maybe that's an indication that they're almost sure that he's going to miss a little bit of time. Or maybe it's a situation where they just wanted to keep their options open. The Patriots usually like to be prepared uh, and overly prepared for just about any situation that arises. So you're not going to get too much past Bill Belichick. He's going to be ready for it. Yeah, and Mel and Fonwa have been um, British-born as someone that we've certainly got an interest in, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, absolutely. He's definitely, he's uh, he's got some ties to, uh, to the area up here uh, and uh, was really, I think, highly touted uh, coming in for his size, his physical ability. When people brought, when we brought him in last year, meaning the Patriots, that is, uh, a lot of people up here were talking about him being a type of safety that could get physical with a lot of tight ends, specifically guys like Travis Kelsey and Hunter Henry. James, guys that are physical, big tight ends uh, that he could possibly be, um, you know, put on man-to-man coverage and defend. So I, I like Obi. I've loved his game. Uh, I like his attitude and his work ethic, and I would love to see him get a shot. It's a long shot up here to make the roster when you're on the bubble simply because of the depth they have all over the place. But I think he'd be a really, really good addition, especially with Brandon King going down. Obi has a really good uh feel for the special teams and we know new england has a premium on special teams they play that you know more than maybe more than any other team in the league so it could be a situation where because of that because of the subtractions it could be his uh, addition to make i think so and um touching on what you're saying there about going up against big tight ends like kelsey it was surprising to see um the raiders were happy enough to let him go because they obviously play them twice a year and it could have been something that you know in divisional round matchups that could be quite an important factor for them but you know if they're happy to let him go we're happy to take him and um yeah let, let long may it continue as long as um he's required then i'm happy because it's another interest for us as as british <laughs> um patriots fans over here and kind of going touching on josh gordon again it was obviously huge news he's come on if it come off NFI and he's suiting up in pads and whatnot. Um, he's obviously, as you were saying, he's the wild card of the the receivers that we maybe didn't expect to see this year. Do do we go to the Super Bowl or are we still, you know, do Patriots fans need to pump the brakes a little bit on that one? Well, you know, it's always I'm always on the side of pumping the brakes as much as possible. It's difficult to say how teams are going to come together and look on paper this. New England team has a lot of talent both on both sides of the ball. And a couple of weeks ago, not many people were giving the wide receivers core a whole lot of uh, play. They were talking about him as being very thin, a position of need. Now, all of a sudden, you're trotting out guys like Josh Gordon, Demarius Thomas. Julian Edelman is back in the fold, of course, and he's going to be a very, very big part of this offense as well. Jacoby Myers, Philip Dorsett, we saw Tom Brady have a great synergy with Dorsett in the uh, the Carolina Panthers game. That was a big eye-opener. So when you look at the talent on both sides of the ball, a lot of New England fans might be quick now to say, oh, well, it's in the bag. We're definitely going back to the Super Bowl and we're going to romp. It's not that simple. Uh, there are a lot of things that have to come together. One, you have to be healthy. You have to maintain health. And the Patriots have been very fortunate in that regard the last couple of years. You hope, and you know, we all hope, that that will continue to be the case. But there's also teams that are making challenges right now obviously Indy was a team that was on everyone's radar as being someone that could challenge the Patriots this year may end up being the case it may not end up being the case now without Andrew Luck it's going to determine on the quarterback play that they get the Kansas City Chiefs are still a very tough team uh, that is a defense that has improved and that's an offense that is really a nightmare to defend but the key to remember with Kansas City is they're going to have to play good defense. They can't just play serviceable defense. They have to be good if they're going to beat New England. So I look at those two teams right now as being potentials. Uh, definitely the Baltimore Ravens are in that mix. The Los Angeles Chargers you have to look at. Um, and also, uh, you know, another team that a lot of people are um, falling in love with lately is the Cleveland Browns. You have to wonder how they're going to come together between Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, their defense is very, um, very much improved with Olivier Vernon coming in. So those are teams that I have my eye on that could potentially challenge the Pats. But 
any time you have Tom Brady under center and you have Bill Belichick on the sidelines, it's almost an automatic that they're going to be in contention. And assuming that, you know, health for both of those guys, I think they'll be right in the mix. So I think they have a great shot at being able to return to the playoffs and return to the Super Bowl, but we'll see what happens. My advice would be cautiously optimistic and then go from there. So, so is that Super Bowl, Super Bowl or bust? <laughs> well, in New England right now, unfortunately, <laughs> it is Super Bowl yes. or bust up here. I mean, everybody looks at uh, uh, the Patriots' uh, uh, success as to whether or not they're going to the Super Bowl, and anything less than that is sort of a letdown. And I think you know you have 19 years of success here, where the Patriots have constantly been in contention. It's amazing. It really is. This type of a run is something that I don't think you're ever going to see in the NFL again, without question, and maybe not even in professional sports. It's a run of dominance like we've never seen before, and it's done in an era that was supposed to prevent things like this from happening. It was supposed to have more parity. Um, the way the league was set up, everyone was supposed to have an equal shot, and teams weren't supposed to be um, too competitive for too long to you know, encourage competitive balance. But the Patriots have done it with smart drafting, excellent coaching. And a pretty good guy that runs the uh, the team under center, uh, you know, for all the, the 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 flack that Tom Brady catches in the media, and you know, people will call him either a system quarterback or they'll call you know him uh, you know someone that uh, has benefited greatly from coaching. Uh, you don't win at the at the rate he's won, and always be in the thick of things the way he has been uh, without being very good at your job. So. As long as those two guys are around, yeah, it's Super Bowl or bust up here in New England. Maybe when Brady and Belichick retire, maybe the expectations will change and they'll be satisfied with just a playoff berth. But that's not going to do it this year, not with the team they have on this roster. Fans are they're hungry for another championship. They want number seven. Yeah, good luck to whoever follows Brady and Belichick. It's yeah. not, not an easy task. Um, yeah, you want to talk about a, a real tall task that may be one of the more difficult jobs that anybody's ever had. Yeah. What about in the NFC? Do you have a, a team you think can can go to the Super Bowl there? Do, do, does Trubisky have enough to take the Bears there this year? I think he's got a shot. I mean, Chicago has a very formidable defense. Uh, and anytime you put a, a defense out on the field the way they're capable of doing it, you have a chance. And Trubisky does have enough pedigree and enough skill uh, to be able to lead that team into the playoffs and deep into the playoffs. So they've straightened out their kicking game. At least it looks like it. We'll see when the season begins. But if that's the case, they have a very, very good shot. New Orleans is always a possibility because of Drew Brees and because of the team that they put out there on the field. You know he's going to be hungry and looking toward um, getting back to the Super Bowl and possibly collecting one more ring before he hangs up his cleats. You got to go with the defending the NFC champs and then the uh, the Los Angeles Rams. They still put out a very good team. Jared Goff is still a very formidable quarterback. Um, we'll see what happens with the uh, with the offense. Todd Gurley looks like he's healthy, so it's going to be interesting to see what he's able to do. Um, and then in the NFC East, I like the Philadelphia Eagles. I always uh, you know keep my eye on them for obvious reasons. Uh, two years ago, they they broke the hearts of some people up here in New England, and you know kind of ruined what could have been a three-peat if you think about it but uh it uh they're a very formidable team as well so those are the teams that i have my eye on the nfc right now um but you know it there's always going to be those teams that you never saw coming that are kind of emerging from uh you know from the uh the from the fray so we'll see what happens but those are the teams i have my eye on right now and and just a final one from me i'll take a, a leaf out of rich eisen's book um, and any hot takes, anything outlandish this season that you, you want to throw throw your name against to be cool? Um, hot takes, uh, you know, hot takes are not my thing. Anybody that listens <laughs> to my podcasts and they, they, they read my uh, uh, my articles, I, I tend to be very conservative in my predictions. I guess my hot take will be something not necessarily Patriots related, but I guess you could possibly say it is. And that is I don't think Jacoby. Brissett is going to be as bad as people think he's going to be. Uh, I see a lot of there were reports that the Indianapolis Colts fans are calling the ticket office and they're demanding their money back uh, for uh, for season ticket holders because they yeah. just think that the team's going to be terrible. I saw 
Jacoby build a little bit of momentum here in New England? And a lot of people point to the fact and they say, oh, well, you know, Indy was 4-11 uh, when he took over the team in 2017. Chuck Pagano was the coach, and that's not a knock to Pagano, but I think they've upgraded uh, in bringing in Frank Reich. And also, he's got Chris Ballard as the GM who will be able, who won't be afraid to go out and make a move if he needs to. And also, let's keep in mind, that they have a much more formidable offensive line than they had in years past. This may be one of the best, if not the best, complete offensive line in football. So if those things come together, don't be a bit surprised to see Jacoby uh, Brissett have some uh, success this year and may have the Colts in the thick of a division race and maybe even contending for one of those top spots in the AFC this year. So that's about as hot as my take's going to get, but uh, I think that uh, he's going to be a little better than people are giving him credit for. I think that would be interesting for the third of the Patriots if Brissett could sort of continue to develop. Uh, if they could have Brady, Brissett, and Garoppolo, if he if he can come back into form, I think. Yeah, that, that... absolutely. It's it really is amazing to think that uh, just a couple of years ago, all three of those guys were on the Patriots roster, and now opening day, all three of them are going to be starting quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, and you know, a few years ago, you probably would have only said it would have been Brady, but who knows? I mean. Uh, a lot of people didn't expect Brady to play into his early to mid 40s. So, you know, we might be having this conversation again in another five years and Brady might still be out there. Who knows? You know, at this point, I will not count out Tom Brady until he officially says, that's it, guys, I'm done. Yeah, he, he's outlasted Manning and Luck now. So he's maybe waiting for a Garoppolo to hang them up and then he'll then he'll finally call it quits. I don't know if he'll be able to make that. That's a little bit of a tall order, but, you know, you never know. You really if anyone can do it, he this. can. If exactly you hit the nail right on the head, if anybody can do it, he can. So it, it brings us back down to earth when you know Andrew Luck's unfortunately retiring and Brady's still going. It just you know it shows you that we we are so lucky as New England fans yeah. to have someone that's so special and yeah, you know, as you say, the, he might get flack in the media or whatever, but he's mm-hmm. he's a special entity and and long may it continue. Hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very well said. But I don't think um, Jacoby Brissett does himself any favours when he's tweeting about, you know, needing a new toothbrush every time you brush your teeth because it's already dirty and dirty. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and the, the the one about space being cold, but the sun yeah, is so exactly. hot. You know, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, it, it's interesting. I know I saw somebody uh, tweet a whole list of them, and he kind yeah, of put I them all that. together <laughs> in one big uh, one big uh, visual file uh, with all the tweets that he's putting out there. But so, you know, you, you never know. You know, it's sometimes those quirky things end up working to people's advantage. So if he has success, people will have a lot of fun with it. But if he struggles, man, that's going to be rough. They are going to be absolutely tweeting at him those every two seconds, and you know, brissettisms could end up being a uh, either a really fun term or it could end up being in a real derogatory term so we'll see we'll see what happens over here i think it's um he may have football smarts but not smart smarts <laughs> exactly absolutely no nope, you're you're right on that well mike um on behalf of myself and nick i just want to say thank you for taking um time out today it's much appreciated um we've loved having a chat with you um evening our time and just coming in evening your time um over there in the states um, we'd love to have you back on if you'd if you'd come back on. I don't know if it's um, you know our chat's been enthralling that much that you'd want to come back on with us, really. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. If you guys would love to have me back on, I would love to come back on. I thank you for your support, um, especially over in uh, in the UK. Uh, definitely appreciate fans wherever we can get them here in New England. And uh, you guys are uh, a very savvy uh, group of fans and a very dedicated and loyal group of fans. So we appreciate it. Thank you for your support. Uh, individually, thank you guys for your support to, uh, to my show. I would love to have you on Locked On sometime. So, uh, you know, consider the door open and we'll set something up there. But uh, I would definitely love to uh, to come back on and talk football with you guys anytime. Yeah, I can um, I, I can certainly manage at some point in my schedule. I'm sure Nick could as well. I've actually got a vacation in Mexico coming up at the end of September. So I'll be in your time zone almost. Um, I think it's weeks three and four for Redskins Jets. I think that's a two weekends I'm out in Mexico. So. Right. Um, if it's not, you know, it might work out better because I'm in your time at that point. If not, then, you know, when I'm back in the UK, we can certainly set something up and we can maybe revisit halfway through the season and see if 
see how the Patriots are getting on. But yeah, no, thanks again for your time. And just before you go, I just want you to um, give a big up yourself and shout out, you know, where can people find your articles, Twitter, podcast, et cetera, et cetera. Excellent. Thank you, gentlemen. And uh, yeah, if you're interested in following me, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, probably the easiest place to get a hold of me. Um, that's at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-F-P-C. Uh, you can follow uh, my written work and the work of our great team at Full Press Coverage at F-P-C underscore Patriots. Uh, as for Locked On, you can follow the show at L-O underscore Patriots. That is a, uh, um, a daily podcast, Monday through Friday, new episodes. Today's episode is already up for Monday. Tomorrow we've got we've got a, uh, an exciting episode coming as well uh, and throughout the rest of the week. So uh, make sure to download, subscribe on your favorite podcast provider. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, you name it. We're pretty much available on most platforms. So um that's where you can find some of the, the work that uh, that I do and uh, the work of some of my colleagues as well. Well, thanks, Mike, and um, take care, and we'll speak soon. Thank you. A pleasure, gentlemen. Take care. Have a great day. Thanks very much, Mike. You too. There you have it, folks. That was myself and Nick and our special guest this week, Mike DeBate. I do encourage you guys to um, listen back if you didn't catch all the info there of what he does and where to find them because Mike is a great guy on Twitter, on the daily podcast with Locked On and everything else he does with um, full press coverage also. So check him out guys, he's a, a great insight into some Patriots news and views, opinions etc. Um, so that's that. That's it for this week guys. Um, just all the good stuff, you know, remember to rate, review and subscribe, tell your friends, tell your dog, tell your girlfriend, etc. Um, the more people get listening, the better guests I can get on in the future for you guys. Got some great things worked into the pipeline soon, so fingers crossed it comes to fruition and it's all for you guys to listen at Patriots Nation UK. So, I have been your host at Matt Inkster on Twitter. You can also find my other co-host, Nick, at the underscore panic, if I remember rightly off the top of my head. Um, Nick Fife on Twitter, you'll find him there. Um, Nick is also going to be helping write articles for PatriotsNationUK.com and helping update the Facebook page, etc. also. So, until next time, guys, remember to do your job as there are no days off.